welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm here with Ash Grunwald to talk about his new book, Surf by Day, Jam by Night. Thanks for joining us, Ash. Thanks very much, brother. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's been great. <laughs> it's been great so far. We got to sign some books here. Yeah. Uh, what, what did we do? 350 yes, we copies. Have. We had a good chat. Uh, yeah, we did. That, that was great. My signature changed a, a little bit along the way, but yeah, <laughs> it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah. So you've written this quite interesting book. I think it's quite different to what I expected when I first heard about it. Um, and when I read some of it, I felt like what I realized reading it is that it's not just a memoir and it's not mm. just a series of interviews with um, famous surfers and famous musicians. It's, it's personal development. It's, it's self-help. did you set out to write it that way um that's really my interest and Mm. that's what really um uh keeps me that's in everything that i do that's in my songwriting as well Mm. um and i guiltily you know i'd be working with um lex at pantera and i would be guiltily (laughs) saying oh i'm going a bit more self-helpy here i hope it's okay you know and you know trying to for me the challenge and it's the same challenge in my songwriting i'm trying to keep myself away from the self-help kind Mm. of thing because all i want to do is talk about that stuff because to me there's nothing more important than developing yourself Mm. and your inner workings of you you can be doing anything you can have all the success in the world and feel like a failure Um, absolutely and so in life nothing matters more then developing your inner workings of your brain and your your body and and your mind so that you are just having a ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the only reason you're trying to do any of this. Yeah. Is actually to be happy and content yourself, stoked and making your family happy and content and all those people around you. So it's the most important thing. But I have to hold myself back because you know, I, I was self-conscious about it and I know, I think Pantera, you know, talking to Lex about it, she didn't, she heard warning bells if, if it was going to be too self-helpy. I don't mm. know if that term, there's a lot of baggage with that term. I think self-help, the, the phrase has a lot of baggage, but yeah. I, I didn't in any way mean it. No, I know, I know. Yeah. I, I mean, those books sell, so absolutely. Oh, good, good. <laughs> and there's a new well, wa- I love that section. <laughs> absolutely, and there's a new wave of that type of book. I would yeah. say coming out that is a bit more thoughtful and a bit more structured around some uh, something more meaningful. Um, it's not just someone's opinion and telling you how to make a million bucks. It's, yeah. it's someone telling you here is some real stuff that I have done to go and try and find out more about myself and the world. Mm. And I want you to go on this journey with me and learn about it. And mm. that feels more what this book is mm. at its at its heart. That's what mm. you've done. Um, so it's, it's, it's fascinating. And I, I wondered, you know, you, you, at the start of the book, you decided to stop drinking, yeah. which I thought was a very brave move. <laughs> what you then ended up I doing. to the wilderness there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How did you find all that combined with everything else? Well, it was um, daunting. I wish I could find that bit where I said, because I, what did I say? I, 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 I said, I, um, I, uh, Something about I had a I strapped on my rucksack of um of soda water my soda little water laden rucksack and <laughs> and set off up the mountain of sobriety <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the very steep mountain I mean I was I've been a party animal 
my whole mm. adult life. Um, you know, when I set off to become a musician, there were some people at the start that I played with and stuff who said, oh, it's a, like a job, you know, you can't be drinking and mm. smoking. And I was like, what? Pff, it's not a job. This is music. You know, I thought yeah. that's terrible. You know, for me, it was like if somebody in the set break offered me a joint, I'd you know, have a join and whatever, come back in. This is early, early days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, think my guitar's out of tune and he's <laughs> stowed and whatever. And I professionalized a little bit after that as I started to have albums out and, you know, whatever. But still, it was a constant party. Mm. And um, I loved it. And um, then the surfing thing, you know, I got more into that and surfers are party animals too. So I was both. Yeah. I'd go on a surf trip and, you know, you'd be on the boat there after after surfing all day and you'd be downing beers and you'd be having a whale of a time. And for the most part, it was all great. But, you know, coming into your 40s, you know, it just gets a little old. Um, and or, or you get a little old. You get a little old. <laughs> it gets old as you get old. Um, and, um, you know, I think... You know, I was drinking too much, you mm. know. I hate, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day about it and they're still, they, they're big drinkers and they're still on the wagon. They're like, ooh, I'm an alcoholic and this and that. Personally, I don't really love that term. Like, mm. I'm just a person, you know, and I was a person who did drink too much. I didn't, I never once felt like I needed to drink or this or that, mm. but that's still too much. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the feeling of being drunk. Yeah, and um, and so many people lie to themselves about that. Um, I think that's probably boils down to why most of us are doing it. It is a pleasant sensation. Mm. Um, but then you know, there's a few times I would just get too drunk and stuff like that. You know, I was a I was a binge drinker, and also I was a constant drinker actually because. I spent my life in airports with free booze and then I'd go to the gig <laughs> with free booze. You yeah. Know? So I didn't pay for to, a lot of it. It's hard to turn down free booze. Yeah. And then I would go home and my wife, you know, she's been there with the kids or whatever. She wants to get a, a bottle of wine. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let's get a bottle of wine. Maybe we'll get two, you know. Mm. So um, when we both decided to quit together and some friends and Scotty Owen, who's... Uh, in the book uh, mm. from the living end, who's a good friend of mine, yep. been on surf trips with me. We've recorded an album together, toured, been absolute trash bags together. Um, we, so him and his partner went in on it as well. Yeah. And um, we made a little WhatsApp group and, you know, to support um, each other. I, th I do think you need it. And you like, yeah. And it sounds so, you know, I hate the, uh, you know, once again, there's all these hang-ups of like, oh, we got a support group and you feel stupid. Or I know. I don't mean it to sound as dorky yeah. as it sounds when yeah. I said you gave up. You decided to go sober. But it's actually an interesting part of that yeah. overall oh, yeah. decision. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, it changed the type of book you wrote. Absolutely. And it just... I'm not going to make claims about the hand of fate or anything. And now I'm going to go ahead and make a claim in a way. But like, I started writing this book at the start of going on that journey and mm. it did change everything and um you know so that was good most of the scotty chapter was about that because we were doing that together mm. and how we were finding it we both went out there on the road with triggers all around us i mean i went straight out into oh, we played together actually on on new year's day yeah so our first day of sobriety we're both still sober 
and um, everybody was partying away and there was the rider there and <laughs> staring at us. And then I went to into January. So I played a series of wineries, beer festivals, <laughs> did a support for Barnsley. That's a bit of a trigger just in general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not to say about <laughs> him, but just in general. Yeah. Um, so I thought if I could get through all of that, um, you know, it's all, I'll, I'll be all if right. If you can but, get through the summer. Yeah. <laughs> But I have to say to people, this is what I was saying to my friend the other day, that they don't realize when you make that commitment, you know, it is fun. It has been so fun mm. not drinking. I drank for fun yep. and, and it was fun. But not drinking has been more fun and it has created so much happiness in my life absolutely because i took the rocks out of my backpack um so you know i was i was pretty good at running with rocks in my backpack i had a music career that was good i lived my dreams in terms of the surfing that i wanted to do and traveled the world with my family i did all these things mm. with drinking so when i stopped it's like I didn't realize I was carrying so many rocks in my backpack and I started to run faster and easier and further. And like, I also got onto this whole idea of growth mindset because I was homeschooling my kids in um, Bali mm -hmm. and um, full credit to the Australian um, curriculum. It was a state school curriculum that they learn about growth mindset. Mm. So it's like, okay, it's sunny. It's sunny. He's like, oh, I can't surf. I'm no good at surfing. Well, you're not a good surfer. Yet, mm. yet is the important word. And so I started doing that and I thought, well, guitarist, well, I'm not some shredder guitarist. I just play guitar. I don't, you know, well, not some shredder guitarist yet. Mm. What happens if you practice for five hours a day for a year? How do you look after that? And, you know, so I did that and oh my God, you know, like even just the other day uh, on the weekend, I played his show and I was it sounds so funny as an Aussie with tall poppy syndrome to be talking this way, but no, these are my findings. It. This is a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sharing my findings here in this safe space. Um, but, you know, we took some video and I'm literally, I had been trying to play a bit more flashy and it's a big, another mountain to climb because mm. you have to just practice a lot for that. There's no other way. And so then I saw myself soloing over some fast bits in my music where I would normally just strum the guitar because it's too fast to solo over. Mm. But now I just solo freely and easily and I'm there going, Wah! like having a ball. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like I have the hard data there because I'm looking at it spinning out going, wow, like this time last year, I just couldn't do that. Yeah. So it was That's amazing. That, that sense, and I do think there's a sense you get to a certain age as a grown up and you feel yeah. like you basically learned most of the stuff you're going to learn. And yeah. now it's just about using that stuff. But yeah. it is nice to think, you know, as you get older, you can still, you know, take things to the next level and get better. I know that sounds really dumb, but I do think there is something to that. Well, we forget. Mm. And the thing is, I feel like that guitar is a good metaphor because that learning, you know, shredding blues rock guitar like Hendrix, that's a real 15-year-old kid thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing it in my 40s and, you know, um, I felt in that sense 15 again. And I must say I feel younger than I felt in five years mm. because or 
because I have that childlike uh, wonder or it's more like a teeny kind of feel when you're coming into adulthood because you're just, you're so excited about life because you're getting better at things. Mm. And I think the definition of a rut is that you're stuck and you're not developing. You're just doing the same old shit. Maybe you're getting a bit better. And I love my music and and I've been doing albums all this time, but I probably had been in a bit of a rut because I was doing it just the same way. And, you know, I didn't realize that if you want to improve the output and like froth out of your brain, like just be like, yeah, I love this. You have to put a lot of input in. Mm. And so by jamming that input in, now I feel like I'm just really excited with the output. And yeah. um, I had, I remember saying that to my wife too, you know, I'm not really, I want to have that. I'm not really that, you know, I want to be excited by what musically comes out and whatever. So anyway, those are things that I learned through doing this book through, uh, you know, to, to interview people like Kelly Slater and Steph Gilmore, you know, like they've achieved things that, you know, have ne- never been achieved by other people. So, you know, yeah. it's like, I, that was my sneaky little thing. I wanted it to be a book that people could just pick up and it's a light read in some ways, like a few surf yarns and, yeah. okay, ask Kelly Slater, what's the wave pool like that you just created? I mean, What's you the biggest created... wipe hat you ever yeah. You said that. At the... <laughs> I said that to Steph and she's like, oh, I dance on, you know, I dance on the water. I'm not about charging. And I'm like, well, yeah. you still are to me. So I still want to know it. <laughs> and Steph's, Steph's story about, about um, her scariest thing in the ocean was... Mm amazing <laughs> yeah i mean there's some amazing stories in here yeah. and th- i mean that fear of the waves i i tried to learn to surf as a teenager because my dad was a was a surfer and i eventually chickened out that's what <laughs> that's what happened to me is that i got to an age where i started to feel the fear and it was just too much mm. and then i found other things you know and it was fine but there's still a part of me and then as an adult i went back to surf school <laughs> like yeah. in, my, in my late 20s yeah and it was great i mm. absolutely loved it mm. but there's still that fear there mm. and i think that's an interesting part of mm. your story as well and this book is mm. like having to you know run without the safety on or whatever mm. <laughs> Well, that's one of the because I, I just I was doing an interview yesterday about this, and we were reading through the um, conclusion, some of it together. And one of the things was a, a um, something I learned from Rasta, Dave Rastovich. He was talking about leaning into fear, mm. and for him, I remember once he was saying to me, he's a good friend of mine. He had a bad back, and he goes, "I'm just going to go surf longboards in Florida with Lauren, his partner, as a professional longboarder." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, that sounds sensible." Next thing, it's this bloody code red. This is the, literally the next thing I heard about him was another friend saying, did you see what Rasta did? It was some code red. It was the biggest Chopu ever. They, they're towing into Chopu, the scariest wave in the world. Yeah. And he was there because <laughs> he'd seen that swell. And he towed into the biggest Chopu ever. It was the only time he'd ever towed. He usually paddles. And there he was with that back, <laughs> back in this death wave, you know, like... <laughs> The, like, and you see those waves and yeah. that I can't even, I can barely watch people surf. Yeah, I can't look at Imagine that. doing <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's what he was, so that's how he rolls. So then what really scares him is being on stage. So like when I used to go up to Blues Fest when I didn't live in Byron, I'd come up and he lived in the area and I'd always get him up with me to play percussion. Yeah, And he'd be there freaking out because like thousands of people looking at him, that's his joke. I'm like... 
I remember being at the gig going, you surf Chopu, who cares about this? This is just fun. We can't make a mistake, you know. <laughs> but he was scared and and I asked him about that in the interview and he said, well, yeah, it was a fear. So I thought it would be, it's good to lean into your fears. Mm. And I'm like, wow. And that's, I had time to think about that during all these things during the book that just normally fly by in my life. Absolutely. And I was thinking, wow. So when you have a fear, you lean into it. Well, you know, when everyday people have a fear, it's more normal to not go down that path. Mm. But these people, <laughs> you know, when you surf Chopu, you know a bit, uh, you start to learn a bit about yourself and fear. But that translates to when you jump, you know, now he's working for Patagonia and he's speaking to large audiences and mm. he's doing all these other things as well. As, but it, he takes that thing. So I, I, I tried to distill a few things that these people do a little differently to the rest of us. Yeah. And think, okay, well, you know, that, that works for them and it gets them to that high level. What, what can we learn? Maybe that's a good thing for us to do, to lean into our fears. Absolutely. You know? One of those things that I thought was interesting and it's something I've thought about too, even though obviously I'm not a surfer and I'm not a musician, but I think about it, is that sense of getting into a flow state. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, it really struck me because I was like, yes, this is the, this, that actually is the path to happiness. If you yes. can find something where you can get into a state where you feel like time isn't passing, yeah, that's how you actually become happy. Yes, <laughs> you have to be able to access that place, even if what you're doing is looking at spreadsheets, which is largely what I do. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you can that still gets do you it in flow. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, you know, I mean, that's and that's at the core of the book, and the premise mm. of the book is you know, surfing and music, and I do think people more easily understand how you can enter a flow state with those two things. Yeah, but um, who do you think did anyone in particular sort of embody that? To you, anyone that you spoke to? Well, everyone does in, in this yeah. book. Um, and yeah, uh, thanks for bringing that up because that, that, that to me is definitely central to the book. And uh, I looked up the definition of flow state and surfers and musicians were in it. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, that was at the end of the book that I'm like, oh, look up the definition now. And yeah. yeah it, was so, it was so funny for me to see that. But I mean, I think it's, yeah, very helpful healthy and helpful for people in life to try and access that flow state as much as possible and yeah surfing and music are the the ones that come up in the definition of that mm. and and if you're a surfer and a musician you're somebody who chases that but it can be accessed in a million different ways as you as you say and i think the key even for surfers and musicians is to try and bring that into everything that you do in your life and try and keep coming back to that. You know, if you were Eckhart Tolle, you'd be talking about the now. Yeah. You know, if you were a uh, meditator, you might be, you know, speaking about um, being in presence. Mm. Or, um, you know, if you're a sports person, you'd say, oh, I'm in the zone or whatever. But there's all different ways of saying not having your pesky little mind that was that's supposed to be a tool running you and running the show it's it's when you do those things in that natural way how an animal does i guess mm. and you're just in the moment and if you can access that more and more in your life you'll be happier and happier and when you do use your mind you'll use it way more productively it's not about becoming you know brain dead yeah. It's about using your mind effectively as a tool. And if you come from that place of 
flow or presence, that's when you can just do things way more efficiently. But normally we're in this erratic little brain that's thinking about things a thousand times over and whatever. It's just massively inefficient because you've let the tool start to run the show. The tool's not the steering wheel. Yeah. You know, it's a tool. So um, anytime you can access that flow state, I think you're contributing to your long-term happiness and not being a, a crazy neurotic Arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. Um, I would love to keep talking about this, but we don't have any more time. And I just want to thank you so much for your time and for writing this book. Um, you can buy Surf by Day, Jam by Night by Ash Grimwald on booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget, for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.